Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. On the podcast today, the enormous growth of esports and a new series. On the Autosport podcast today, we are talking about virtual racing worlds. Esports and sim racing has undergone a two-year growth period in just a few months, thanks to the attention that it was given during lockdown. Now, one new esports series is the RCCO World EX. It starts next spring, and one of the architects of the series is Mike Rockefeller. He's a Le Mans 24-hour overall winner, DTM champion, and an Audi Works driver. And as we see more young drivers like Max Verstappen, Lando Norris, Charles Leclerc, all using platforms like Twitch and building their profile that way. How are the lines blurred between real racing and sim racing? Well, today James Allen talks to Mike about all of that. Enjoy the interview today. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us on this Hashtag Thinking Forward series where we speak to motorsport leaders and forward thinkers about where our sport is headed. Now, obviously, you're a renowned racing driver. I've watched you many times winning. and Of course, the Le Mans 24-hour overall winner, a DTM champion and Audi works driver, but you're launching a new concept in esports, which is starting next year called RCCO World X. It's interesting because we've seen more and more drivers from the real world, like Verstappen, Norris, Leclerc, getting more and more involved in, in esports and sim racing. But what motivated you to, uh, to get more involved and to develop a series? Well, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, I, I haven't been into sim racing that much, to be honest. Uh, when I was a kid, obviously, I was already um, 
you know, playing video games and, and all my career with some friends, of course, but I wasn't really into the proper sim racing, let's say, into esports that much. And, um, you know, the normal simulator in our daily business uh, got more and more important uh, in, in real racing, let's say, back in the factory. And uh, some of my mechanics, actually, uh, to be honest, one is driving for Redline and uh, he is, uh, you know, he always talked about it and he said, hey, you need to get a rig and you need to start. And actually, I, I just bought my rig last year in, in October. I set it up. I bought all the pieces, set it up with some friends and uh, got into it, to be honest. And then I realized how many real drivers are doing it. And that was really before the lockdown, before the crisis or, or let's say the Corona pandemic. It was it was uh, already back then that Verstappen and those guys were into it. But obviously now people, uh, um, you know, focused more on it and, and saw it. And um, yeah, that's a bit how myself I got into it. And I, I really got addicted, to be honest. My wife, sometimes she was uh, not that happy when in the middle of the night I was still playing. <laughs> Here in the background, you can see it actually. But I, I mean, I love it. It's a great opportunity to you know, to meet people all around the world when you are at home and to talk to them, to communicate and obviously to to do what we love the most, which is uh, driving cars. And uh, you go to some racetracks, you know, now you click here and you say, OK, now I go to Laguna Seca or I go there and I drive that car. And, you know, you have this same kind of battle feeling. Uh, obviously, it is virtual. It's not real. We know, but it's it's so close nowadays. And that's how I got into it. Uh, personally. And then Thomas uh, Folk, you know, the co-founder uh, who did uh, the thing together with me at the beginning, basically we talked about it a year ago and we said, hey, there's a, you know, so many opportunities in, in sim racing and esports. Obviously, motorsport, like in the real sport world, is a small portion. Uh, uh, but still, there is, uh, we, we think there's so much potential and that's why we talked about it. And then we said, okay, what should we do? What can we do better or different uh, to real racing? You know, which are the problems in real racing? Can we maybe do a little different in, in, in our company and our championship? And that's how we started it. And uh, that was, we founded the company beginning of uh, this year, actually. And, uh, and then we kept working in the background. So what makes this series of yours interesting which is why i'm really talking to you today is because it's not just about esports competition it's it's a lot more than that and particularly because a little bit like what alejandro gag is doing now with um extreme e in, in the physical world you, you've got a quite a big sustainability dynamic going on here so it's esports with electric cars i mean i have to say they look like absolute beasts i don't know we'll talk a bit about how you've developed this car in a moment but just tell us a little bit about about this sort of sustainability angle because a lot of people would argue that esports anyway is 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 more sustainable because nobody needs to travel by air or by road to get there and no fuel gets burned in 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 the esports side of things obviously you've got to generate a bit of electricity for for the rigs but but so your concept your your hashtag is racing for the climate how do you take the sustainability message further in an esports context well, obviously, we ha all have to realize that um, we have to change something, right, uh, in racing, but uh, definitely in, in our world. And uh, the car industry is already transforming, and um, as is motorsport as well. We saw it with Formula E. Uh, we see it now with Extreme E. 
Um, and personally, I was never a huge fan of it. I'm maybe I was also a bit old uh, style. Uh, you know, I always said, oh, we need a big engine and so on. But then I drove once uh, a Porsche Taycan on the road. And I have to say that really changed my way of thinking about the performance possibilities of an electric car. Then I realized how cool it is to drive it, how different it is. And uh, to be honest, as a racing driver, you would just want to have a quick car which handles well, where you can drive fast, you know, which, which is precise and which, which gives you good fun. And, um, and then we realized, okay, that's the way to go. We need to definitely create a car which is a lot of fun to drive, but we definitely don't want to go with old technology. We, because our platform, what we are thinking is that, thinking forward also, is that um, we want to have um, the chance to explain to people how cool it can be and how important it is now to react and to act actually all around the world. And, uh, and I think we can give a good example that it can be fun, it can be entertainment, but we have also, in our way of doing these um, events, we, we, we are not looking for a one and a half hour race, let's say qualifying practice and so on. We choose a really different format to make sure we have enough time to tell stories about future technology, about sustainability, about how to produce the energy, maybe also about stuff which some companies want to show, which is in two, three years time from now. And, and we think it can be a great platform, you know, to have heroes on, on one hand, to drive cars, to have good battles. And on the other hand, to have the chance to, to exactly, you know, have that platform to broadcast also these uh, uh, innovations. And uh, I think this is a great way in sim racing to combine those things. And, you know, in a way we have a white sheet of paper and now we can bring up our ideas and, and, and do what we think is the best uh, for a great show to also attract to the people, you know, that, that basically it's fascinating on one hand. On the other hand, we want to um, deliver uh, interesting content that, that you also are interested in. It's one is the racing, yes. Of course, that's more my part in a way. But on the other hand, I think it's also interesting to hear stories from people which are into racing in the car industry, which basically can explain you uh, what's going on in the future and how we can change. Now the car I mentioned earlier on, I mean, just looking at it in your, in your videos and what have you, I mean, it looks like an absolute beast, the power to weight ratio, the whole, the whole thing about it. Presumably you've been very involved in the development of it. Tell us a little bit about what you were, what your objective was. Well, I always, uh, as a, as a driver, you dream about a lot of power, a light car and, um, basically a car, which is not easy to handle, you know, which you, where you don't hop in and basically, let's say in the real world, hop in and say, whoa, after three laps, I'm on, on the limit of the car. So you really need to have that challenge. And that was basically the, the main idea about it. I said, okay, we need a lot of power, which you can get with the electric engines. Four-wheel drive is cool because you can play with the ratio, the power ratio, basically front to rear. And you have a lot of possibilities to influence the, the driving of the car or the handling of the car. And the weight, uh, we said, because we want to have realistic figures, right? We don't want to have a dream car, which will never be uh, possible to build in, in real life. So we said, okay, a thousand kilos, thousand horsepower. Uh, what battery do we need? The weight, is it possible? Yes, it is. Um, and of course you cannot run for an hour without changing battery or recharging. And we are not only looking for battery cars. We can also, you know, for our format, we say, okay, it could be fuel cell or battery, but definitely electric engines. And that's how we came up with it. Downforce, I think, in a way, you need a little bit. 
but not too much for cool racing. Uh, the car needs to be, you know, in a way you, you need to slide it and still be fast. It looks cool and it's also a challenge when at, let's say, 150, 180 kph, you still have the possibility to drift the car a little bit. And uh, those things we basically uh, put in and uh, I have to say I'm quite happy. Obviously, there's still room for improvement. We always can develop the car further, but I think for season one, we will have a, a cool car and um, I'm, I'm really hoping that the drivers uh, will enjoy to drive it and will be challenged quite a lot. I like the way that you've got the idea of the, the sort of the balance between the sort of fantasy and the reality of things that, that can happen in the real world or people like yourself that are from the real racing world, but also things that are, that are of the imagination as well. So what, what about the infrastructure around it? Will, will, will the fans that watch the races, will they recognize the circuits or have you, have you dreamed them up as well? <laughs> Uh, also there you can basically it's it's pretty free obviously it's also uh, uh, in a way um, restricted by budget right now but uh, yes we want to go to real racetracks um, obviously in the first season we are looking for 10 races once a month there's an event and, uh, and I'm sure we find uh, 10 cool and challenging tracks um, but we can imagine in the future also that that you basically make a, a city race or whatever, you know, and, and build it up from scratch pretty much or take real roads and, and put it in. But right now we are looking for real tracks, uh, which are well known and um, which hopefully will provide good racing. So there won't be long races. You, you've already made that clear. I think it's the idea is that a, a race meeting actually has 18 separate events. So is it a bit more like the Fast and Furious kind of rally cross format or how, what's, what's the idea? Well, the idea was uh, also there. We start testing that now. We want to see how it how it works out. You know, obviously on the paper it's always nice, but then you need to check out: is it in interesting? Is it uh, is it um, is it something people want to watch? And um, we are we we think head-to-head -head battles is is really cool and a quick uh, result, basically, right? So what we want is because normally on a race, what happens in real life is, or even in sim racing, it's the same you basically show the people which are battling for the top five positions, something like that. And the rest is driving. And let's say you do a one hour race, you know, it kind of can get boring for some people to, to watch it for an hour. Obviously for us nerds, we, we love to even watch 24 hours, but not everybody does. And, and we think that the, let's say rally cross format is pretty exciting. You know, it's short races, you have a winner, you go to the next round or you are out of the event, something like that. So that's why we thought, okay, let's also go there completely a different route, which, uh, which can be, uh, you know, uh, a new, what do you say? Maybe some people, they, they don't like it for sure. Some people will say, hey, this, I want to see a one-hour race, start to finish and so on. But we, we want to go different there as well, not only in the, let's say, uh, way of, of the whole show and the, the car and everything and the, the, let's say, technology, but also the race format. We think it's crucial because it gives us also the opportunity if you have short and many races to talk about the drivers, to tell stories, to interview them, to show them, to, to talk about uh, future technology, sustainability. So all this is, is something which um, happens if you have short, uh, compact races. And I think it's anyway about that. You want to see, okay, there's a start, there's a few battles, and then who's the winner? And then the next round. And this hopefully will be successful and hopefully people will like it. We don't know yet. One of the interesting things, actually, if you, if you consider real racing and, and esports, is that with racing, obviously, um, it's a primarily a spectator sport. 
in terms of there are far more spectators who can access it rather than competitors. With esports, obviously, the, it's much more open and uh, the public can get involved. The accessibility of it from a participation point of view is, is, is much better, which is obviously exciting as a, as a new funnel for the sport. But with yours, I mean, presumably the, the standard of the drivers is going to have to be pretty high from the real world and from the, the sim racing world. So tell us maybe a little bit about that and also about the target audience. You know, who do you think will be drawn to this? Is this, is this gamers? Do you hope to get racing audiences engaged in this? And do you hope to find a, a new audiences that are perhaps more interested in, in, in entertainment or sustainability as the things that bring them into this series? Yeah, obviously we, we, we dream about all of them, but um, uh, let's say what you said is right. First of all, what's cool about sim racing or esports is everybody in a way can be part of it, right? Not in our championship at the beginning, we want to start with the, with the top, uh, let's say top end with the world championship. And then underneath, we want to build up national championships so everybody can take part and you can qualify. You know, if you're the best in your region, you can go up and maybe get a, a wild card start in, in our championship. But I think, as you can imagine, we are only basically three people right now in the company. So me and two others. And, and it's a lot of work in every area. So we said, OK, let's make sure we can start with the top, build the rest underneath. So that's the, the one thing about who can be part of it. So we are looking for the 10, let's say, best possible drivers from the real world, which are well known, but also diversity. So we want to have... Uh, uh, not only drivers from F1 or, or DTM or whatever, you know, from maybe from motorbike, rally, whatever. So that, that I think is important to have also characters and, and to tell their story of their racing career. And then the 10 best uh, sim racers. But this is really down to the teams, basically. We have teams which enter the championship. They decide which drivers they choose. Um, that's, that's the main idea behind and then they have to drive the whole championship because we also don't want to change all the time to explain now it's a new driver, it's another driver and here and so on. So this, I think, is important um, to keep it consistent and, and have a storyline you know, behind. Then um, I guess the audience, um, we will see. I, I, of course, the young people, it's important you know, to have this, the next generation basically uh, watching it and understanding it, basically like it, hopefully. But for me, real racing will always be there. And sim racing, I think, is getting bigger because, like you said, it's accessible for all the people, more or less. Real racing is not. But uh, I'm sure if you attract them in a format we, we have, people will also go onto the real racetrack and say, hey, this is cool. You know, I want to see how it smells, how it is, how it feels to see the excitement on a real track. So I think both, both um, let's say the real world, the physical world and the, the virtual world have their right to be there. And, um, and, and for me, it really depends on who will broadcast uh, our race and, and how we basically manage to, to combine the things you said, the racing, which is more maybe for the traditional race fan, but also the stories behind the drivers, which is interesting for a traditional race fan, because in a real race, sometimes there's no time to talk you know about it it's the race yes but to see behind the the scenes basically this is important for us and then we want to use that if we have a big audience to um, use that show and that time to explain and to give the platform also for companies which are involved to tell their story about this uh, sustainability i think hopefully we will have a big audience uh, with with you know all ages basically and all interests 
but as you know this is right now uh, yeah we have to see how it develops we, we will start it next year um, we are looking for kind of february to have the first uh, official round that would be awesome if we have the teams and partners on board and then we see how big the audience gets um, i think it's quite interesting this because what happened with formula e obviously is that there was this initiative to to launch it back in 2011 i think it was that that, that jean-todd fia and and then the outreach to to the promoters brought in a, a gag in who then you know shaped it to to what the thing would would be and the idea was to basically get more people interested in getting into electric cars in cities that's what the the motivation for it was but it pretty quickly became clear that this was a platform for manufacturers and technology companies to come in and and actually have a a great platform to to tell their story and to and to develop technology as as has always been the case in in motorsport is that sort of at the forefront of your mind of what you want to have happen here? Yes, you've developed a, a car, but actually what you'd like to have happen over the, over the years that follow is that, you know, the Porsches, the, the Audis, what have you, uh, the Toyotas of this world come in and, and do in the, in the sim racing and esports world what kind of formerly seen in, in the real world. Uh, exactly. I think we obviously we had to do our own car first because, as you know, it's not that easy, especially in these times, to attract manufacturers to commit to something new or to commit to any racing. Uh, let's say in real racing, it's really difficult. Here, the investment is way lower, obviously, in the virtual world. But um, we can see that uh, many manufacturers are looking into that more and more. And obviously, now they have to, to decide, okay, where do we go? which platform is the one we believe you know we attract the most uh, we, we uh, reach the most audience with and we can tell our story and uh, and obviously this is this is exactly what we are looking for we are looking for a platform to give the possibility to manufacturers they can develop their own car their own bodywork uh, into our rules uh, obviously technology underneath like said could be battery could be fuel cell depending on what technology they believe in Will be the one in the uh, on the road uh, in the future now in the near future, and uh, and then the performance needs to be the same. We don't want to have uh, obviously a lot of technical development right now because then I think it's again you know you need to invest and and in a way there is a lot of testing ongoing and so on. We want to keep it simple. We want to give everybody the chance. We want to minimize also the effort of the drivers. Let's say because we do a lottery for example before which track is is going to be the track of the event so nobody can you know know beforehand and test endless and so on we don't want that so we learn from our experience in real racing and we try to obviously minimize those issues in our championship but it's exactly what you said formula e did a great job there um, they understood that uh, manufacturers are looking for new platforms and uh, we believe that what we are doing is, is, is similar, obviously, on a, a smaller scale right now. But um, let's, let's see what happens. And we hope to attract manufacturers. I think we need to start it. We need to show them what is possible. Hopefully, they understand. And they come in and they say, hey, we want to show our new car, whatever model. We want to race there with, with our driver and, and uh, showcase it. So you were talking earlier about how you have become a convert to the whole concept of, of electric cars and electric racing cars, having driven the, the Porsche Taken, uh, sort of a, a real sort of epiphany for you, if you like, that moment you realize actually there, there might be something, there might really be something here. So when you're thinking into the, into the future, um, uh, both, you know, obviously on the road and in racing terms, 
how do you see that pivot happening um, over the next sort of five or 10 years? Do you see a real accelerated rush now towards electric coming in in, in the racing scene or, or is it going to take a while? What do you think? I think it will still take a little while in the real world. Um, I mean, obviously, there was always, if you talk about Le Mans, for example, a very classic race, right? Um, always it has been used to showcase technology um, and, and it still will be. And, and we know with the hypercar rules and so on, uh, the battery is getting more important. Uh, hybrid cars uh, will still race there. But to go completely electric, I think it will still take a while. Um, Formula E, obviously, Extreme E is, is getting bigger and bigger. Um, but as you can see, this uh, high race uh, championship, uh, which, which uh, they basically uh, presented, um, they, they are all going in that direction. But I'm sure it's still a while. And especially in these times, it's, it's difficult uh, to make such big investments. Um, and the championship platform has to be somewhere given. Um, so that's why virtually it's a bit easier to create that um, and to uh, attract a lot of people, I guess. Uh, in the real world, um, there's a, I think the, in the next five years, we will see a lot of changes in racing. And they have to, not only about the technology, that's one thing, uh, but also about formats and how to attract the people to come to the racetrack to spend money and to be entertained, right? Uh, once we are hopefully past this uh, COVID uh, crisis uh, and people can travel again, let's say to racetracks and be in stadiums, I think then, uh, yeah, we will see. It, it, it has been tough for racing over the last, I would say 10, 15 years. You can see that year by year when you do the same championship like me, and you come to Hockenheim, for example, the season opener, you see how many grandstands are full or empty and you realize we have a problem huh? because I think nowadays the world changed. I mean, first of all, the way people see maybe cars, yes, the younger generation, how they see the cars in general, but also um, there's so much you can do nowadays, right? I, I guess 20 years ago, it was a bit more difficult and there were maybe less races and there was a big happening. You went to the track with your parents and everybody in this region uh, was looking forward to it. Now you can have every weekend something else, not only in racing, in any sport. And I think it's, it's more difficult to be very special and to create the attention of the people. And uh, this motorsport, in a way, has to understand, and they are. But uh, I'm sure it's not easy because it's a lot of people on the table and a lot of wishes, in a way, and ideas, as always in motorsport. As you can see how long it took the ACO and let's say America in a way to combine the rules to make sure we in a way this crisis I guess was pushing that even more you know the need was there because everybody in, in each championship is struggling with, with entries so they said hey now we need to combine the forces and I think that's important and then uh, something good can come out and I, I still believe there is this potential in motorsport you have to create heroes because it's not only the technology it's the for me, it's the people behind. I think when I watched racing as a kid, it was really the drivers. Of course, the cars were fascinating, but it was the one driver you liked, you know, for whatever reason. And I think this is important uh, that, you, that you somehow transport that to the people, that it's still cool to drive such a car or still difficult to drive such a car. And all these 
things we want to do on our little platform and um, let it grow and and hopefully uh, be successful. That's that's the idea behind really because in real racing it's a bit more difficult. It's a lot of money involved, a lot of investments, and nowadays this is going to be difficult. It's an interesting point you raise actually because we've we've talked to quite a lot of people in this series about the the idea that. It was perhaps coming anyway, but that the crisis will kind of hasten a, a consolidation of, of real racing uh, series. There are far too many of them. And that the manufacturers, the sponsors, the endemic sponsors, the oil brands, the tire brands, et cetera, will perhaps focus their energies on a smaller number of strong series. You're nodding because you obviously feel that that is the direction of travel. Um, uh, and what will that mean, though, for the development of, of drivers like yourself coming through? You mean in the real world, basically, the younger yeah. drivers coming up in their careers. Wow. It's In general, it's getting more and more difficult. And this, this, I mean, it always has been. Let's be honest. You need to spend a lot of money in your career uh, early on in karting, in, in let's say, single-seaters. And then you make maybe the move to Formula One, which is, you know, almost nobody makes that, obviously, out of uh, many and um, the rest maybe goes a different route, touring cars, endurance races, and so on. But as you can imagine, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher nowadays. And yeah, well, what can I say? Uh, I'm, in a way, I'm very happy that I had already a big portion of my career uh, because it is not, not easy. On the other hand, I'm sure people will develop what we just said before, formats where racing can shine again and can be big. Uh, again hopefully um, when that will be I don't know but still you know I have kids uh, myself and obviously uh, they are you know four years and six years old two boys and they watch racing they love it obviously because I'm doing it and and they they say sometimes hey dad I want to be a racing driver the normal thing right as a kid and then you realize well is that even with my connection in a way and my history and the sport is that really a good idea? Is that really a smart move? Because there are so little opportunities to make a living out of it. Um, but still, you want to give them the possibility to enjoy, let's say, go-karts, because it's a sport like playing soccer or tennis or whatever, and enjoy that time together. So sometimes it's not easy for me to make that decision for myself, not in front of them, to say, hey, is that really something I want to push? Not push, or let's say... Um, help them out or is it something I want to avoid which is a shame but but that's just what you are saying it's it's difficult and I think it will take a maybe five more years and we will see but it's not getting easier that is definitely clear I think everybody knows that um, but still there will be there will be car freaks around like us and and uh, I think that's also very important because to drive a car it, it's still fun out there right to drive on the road say okay now i want to go from a to b i have that chance with my own car i think that is still fascinating yeah, i couldn't agree more well listen mike thank you so much for, for joining us today it's been really interesting to uh, to hear your plans and we look forward to uh, following them with with great interest so the best of luck with that thanks a lot james thank you so much
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. You don't need a reason when the one and only hot and melty sausage McMuffin with egg is just two fifty. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.